can't remember when we started off, but that's fine, because this is all new to me. Anyway, what is up, everybody? My name is Alan. That is Tyson. This is a collaboration of the fan section and Right on Q Sports. Um, it's going to be up on YouTube. Our podcast, actually, is going to be called The Fan Section. Um, those of you that have listened to it, thank you so much. Um, it's not our typical intro, as you can tell, because we have the sweet editing yeah. of... of YouTube, which I think is really cool, um, but this episode is going to be episode 50 on the podcast, I think it's episode 24-ish? Couldn't tell you. Okay, whatever, um, <laughs> uh, right on cue, so um, I just wanted everybody to know, we are still together, we are still friends, yes, yeah. we're still going to do podcasts together, um, but we thought it would be amazing because the episode 50 is going to be a really, really cool thing, so we're going to do the totally unnormal, like we cover recruiting, we cover all like the games. This episode is going to be just the 50 best traditions and 50 best players that we think. Uh, we put our heads together and figured out some stuff um, in, in college sports. And it's not just football. It's not just basketball. There's some – I have a couple baseball players on there that I think people don't really know about. So, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where it's, it's us giving back to the tradition of college sports that we both love. So, um, without really further further ado, you want to just kick it off? Yeah, yeah. sure. For- Uh, just a massive search and I was like okay so what are the best traditions of college football and obviously like when you kick off a game ever the yeah. fact that you have a live buffalo mm-hmm. in a pen and it's like it can't be older than a certain age right I don't know yeah. the, the rule they're all female okay two uh two thousand pounds The live buffalo that just takes off around the field, and the guys like if they're not fast enough, mm-hmm. they get trampled. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a team. They're actually on scholarship. The runners, wow. uh, males and females, and they have their cowboy hat and cowboy gear. And they basically, a lot of people <laughs> think from the outside like they're pulling the buffalo along. No, no, no. It's pulling they're them. There, right? They're there to kind of direct him at, or her as she runs. Yeah. But it's and then they run her. Back on the uh, north side end zone, right back up into the trailer. I talked to one of the guys, actually, at the game. So there was a CU game, like, a couple years ago that I went to, and I was able to talk to one of the guys, and I said, hey, how does that, like, it? how does it work? And he's like, it's really just all her. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, we kind of guide her a little bit, but it's really, really stressful. Once she sees her pen, she actually picks up speed <laughs> because she knows this is home for her, uh-huh. and she goes way – so if you, like, time it, she actually goes faster on the last 50 – then she does the first 50 because mm. as soon as she sees her house, she just bolts in. And it's so funny to see, you know, we- <laughs> yeah. and obviously the the chain crew on the sideline and the yeah. referees, and you'll see them. I mean, they climb up on the fences. <laughs> They're like, let me give this Buffalo as much space as possible. Wasn't there like a, isn't there like a, a car a meme sign that says like, if you can't cross this field in like under 9.9 9 seconds, then you're going to get like ran over by Buffaloes or yeah. something like that. Like there's Probably. like, yeah. 
So anyway, that's obviously what we're talking about here. This episode is going to be all about special traditions. And we went a little bit – I don't think we went long at all. I thought it was perfect. Um, but they're out for months. So, yeah, kick it off, man. Player tradition, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'll stick with tradition here. Okay. And it's a newer tradition. It started in 2017 with the completion of the um, Iowa's – Stead Family Children's Hospital. I know you like this one a lot. I love this one. The Kinnick Wave. Yes. You can see uh, from the stadium, the hospital, the top, like, I don't know, five or six floors. Yeah. Overlook the stadium. And going into, is it the fourth quarter? I think it's going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, I know they do it frequently. Mm -hmm. um, But, yeah, the kids, like, basically, like, you know, kids that are in the hospital for, you know, chronic horrible illnesses. Terminally ill. Yeah, terminally ill. Make-A-Wish kids, right? Like, mm -hmm. um they get the chance to see a, the diehard Iowa fans. They get a mm-hmm. chance to see their favorite players play. I know that there is a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. I didn't really like. I kind of googled it a little bit, like as far as like the the like if the players get a chance to meet the kids, and in fact they do uh, yeah. before mm-hmm. the game. So that's really cool and really special. So Iowa, hats off to you guys for doing yeah. something awesome because Very you know special. on the field you've been a little lackluster at best. So that's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with tradition again. And I, I like it's gonna be because there's so much tradition in college mm-hmm. sports, right? Um, I can't believe I'm gonna say this as a Georgia fan, but the Georgia Tech Rambling Wreck yeah. I think is one of the coolest things. Like next to Uga, obviously, which I have, I'm, I'm not gonna say Uga because it's just totally biased, and I think in my head he's number one. But the Rambling Wreck and the, the story is this, it was actually overhauled by a mechanic of students back in the day. They got this car. Um, they, they fixed it up in the mechanic shop, and they, ever since then, they've been um, rolling that thing across the field. And I guess it's named – I forget. I think it's named after the actual original athletic director who purchased it. And hmm. then I think it was like it was like 2007 or 2009, one of those two years in between that, that they actually purchased the actual car model for it. Mm-hmm. And then they just built it up, and it's just – Cheerleaders and the little buzz get in there and they roll around the stadium. It, it, you know what it reminds me of is like the like the 1920s mob boss movies yeah. or there. It's a it's a 1930 Ford Model A Super Coupe. For those of you who are trying to recreate that, <laughs> uh, I think it may it may be one of only what like two or three that exist in the world. I, I think still. it's I think it's one of yeah. like it's one of one. We'll just put it because it's the rambling wreck. I mm-hmm. mean, let's be honest. Like, th- there's not too many other ones that are out there for that. A fun um, tradition, a very yeah. fun tradition. How about how about Purdue and the world's largest drum? Drum. Uh, I don't know. Texas thinks they have the world's largest yeah, drum. Yeah, well, that's a but good point. But they don't. Uh, did you hear the story? So I don't want to cut you off, but. Purdue told Texas to meet them and they'll measure, and Texas never showed up. Oh, Texas really? Texas never showed. 2008, they said, "We'll meet you here." A literal bring the drum, drum. Me- measuring contest. They were gonna drum. <laughs> they were gonna measure the drums because Texas claims they have the world's largest drum too. I do remember. I think it was <laughs> last year. Purdue was playing at Notre Dame, uh-huh. and Notre Dame had I, something. They had some construction or something, rare, and they had kind of. Um, brought in the dimensions of, of some of the entrances yeah. into the stadium, specifically, theoretically, specifically, so Purdue couldn't bring the drum. That's brutal. It was like their first game <laughs> in decades not having the world's largest That's, drum on the side. You know what? If I'm them, I'm bringing it still, and I'm like, all right, we'll just keep it outside their locker Helicopter room. Helicopter. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, we'll just Somebody outside. outside of the stadium bashing <laughs> it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Purdue had a, a surprisingly very good season this year. They did. They did. And I think it was you. Wasn't it you that had the idea after the national championship that team should have to play Purdue for the actual? Team should have to play <laughs> Purdue, yeah, because they were they, – they, I think they went – they had what one two loss? No, they were they weren't two losses. They, beat, they were still solid. But they beat three. I think it was three top five teams. Yeah, Michigan State, Iowa. They were was top yeah. Five at the they time. were the they were the Purdue spoiler makers. Spoiler makers. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they had a really really good year for them. Um, 
and we can we're gonna get into all that later on. I promise, I promise. We're gonna do our headlines, um, and outlooks and previews. But um, keeping up with the tradition of things, I'm actually gonna go with this one. Not a lot of people know this one, but the Oregon Duck um, is Donald Duck on a Harley, and they, mm. he goes around the stadium. It wasn't always Donald Duck. The, and I did a little bit of research on this one. So Oregon had a they they had a drawing of a duck, and they had the same the original duck looked a lot like Donald Duck, but mm-hmm. it wasn't Donald Duck. Um, and then it was their athletic director. I forget the it was the one before the the owner of Nike has a standing. It's like a handshake deal with Walt Disney that they use Donald Duck now. I don't really? know how they pulled it. That. I don't know how they pulled it, but yeah. So a lot of people, you old school Oregon fans, are like, "Yeah, good job, fan section." Yes, I know because we do our research. <laughs> it's not the original Donald Duck. It's now, but back in the day, it wasn't, and now it is. You know what though? Yeah. Like you're saying for the old school fan, <laughs> if we get something wrong or if you got some input, let shoot us, us know. A comment. Yeah. Absolutely, let us let know. Us know. <laughs> That's interesting. I did not know yeah, that one. Thought it was really really cool. One I know that you are very high on, um, and is personal to you is the march on the army navy game oh, and how they reserve it. that last it. weekend of the season mm-hmm. specifically for this one game and they should and honestly i think they should do the air force i think they should do that for air force as well mm-hmm. i really do like air force army navy navy army army air force i think they should those should be the last three games of the season for the commander's cup mm-hmm. right exactly yeah because i mean you play it throughout the season you know mm-hmm. what i mean like and it's like oh army versus air force is like week three and nobody like really knows about it until Right, but but you say Army Navy game, it's got its own day of the week. Well, that I mean that rivalry goes back to oh like yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, rightfully so. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you want to include the all the military, but yes, I love the March of the Cadets. And and the best team of the three right now is clearly Air Force, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, well, they're hey, don't they play CU this year at, at Air Force? <laughs> oh, okay, word. let's not talk about that one. It'll be a fun game to go to, but. Uh, um, but but yeah, and I mean, just sorry, one one last comment. No, on that. I mean, they bring the president usually goes to that game. Yeah, and I mean, all of the pageantry and big yeah celebrities are there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and it's played in a you know an actual NFL stadium, which I think is really special. And it's played, you know, it's just I think it's pretty brutal though. The losing team has to go first when they sing, mm-hmm. and then they have to listen. Mm-hmm. Like that's just I mean, it's pretty. It's a little nice. You got in respect, the back, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like come on now, like. Um, here's one fun fact. And I'm going to, after this, I'm going to stop going traditions for a little bit. I'm going to start naming some players, but Ole Miss, for those of you Ole Miss fans out there, uh, the speed limit wasn't always 18 miles per hour around Oxford until Arch Manning, who actually has his number 18 retired at Ole Miss. A lot of people don't realize that, but the, there was a bunch of students around Oxford that committed, um, the, I think it was the, the town council to change eight, to, to make it until posted 18 miles per hour around. So, you know, the speed limit's like 25 miles per hour around. No, it's 18 miles an hour in honor of Arch Manning, which I think is absolutely awesome. Like, I wonder if that actually limits or like cuts back on some of their, uh, the car accident. Yeah, maybe. I don't I mean, know. It's 25 to 18, right? <laughs> yeah, tw- I don't know, but that's, I just but know it's self posted. Yeah, that's college football tradition right there at its finest. <laughs> you know, you're you're huge when you get the yeah. speed limit changed for you. Like, <laughs> oh my word. I'm gonna jump to players as well. Okay. Uh, not to cut you out at no, the knees good. there, but for those of you who are newer, you may be younger football fans. Uh, everyone thinks, oh, Lamar Jackson. He's the Swiss Army knife. Before Lamar Jackson, no, there was, was a gentleman by the name of Michael. Vic, oh, so two, good. Nineteen ninety nine to, so to two thousand, played just two years for the Virginia Tech Hokies. In both of those seasons, he finished top six in the Heisman voting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was doing things that like you. 
you were you couldn't do it at the time in a video game. Yeah, like they mm-hmm. made the video game like you could move around and scramble because of him. Mm-hmm. It was insane. His speed was. It, it, no one had ever seen anything like him, I mm-hmm. guess. And what's funny is Allen Iverson still says he's better than Michael Vick. Yeah, no. <laughs> His highlight tape is pretty solid, though. Um, I'm not yeah. going to lie. Iverson's yeah. smaller. They're both from um, Virginia. What's that? Uh, I can't remember the name of that city over there. Oh, no, I don't know where they're from. I just know. But also, D. McNabb at the time, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were doing it. And it was just like the age of, like, you know, the... The prototypal black quarterback, you know what I McNab- mean? Like, you had Steve McNair. Steve that McNair time was well. really good too. Mm-hmm. Like the scrambling, I mean, before them it was John Elway, like scrambling. Mm. Well, yeah, Doug Williams. Yeah, but he you was also had Culpepper too. But they, but they were still more pocket passers mm-hmm. than runners. Yeah. Vic, I mean, he would run for 150 football. yards in a game. Yeah, yeah. backyard football mm-hmm. stuff. It was like he wasn't he like the first player to run for like a thousand yards and throw for like two thousand. Yeah, like um, that, well, like I mean, in that's the NFL. probably the case. Like, it was nuts. And the fact that he didn't want a Heisman, come on. Like, yeah. he, was cha- he changed the game. Yeah, well, and he took Virginia Tech, who at the time was kind of a mediocre program. He yeah. Took, he took them in two years to the national championship game. They lost to Florida State. Yeah, but still. I mean, mm-hmm. it just goes to show when you have a really good player, a gifted player, who, like, won, you know, Michael Vick, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so moving on, I'm going to move to basketball. And I'm going to give Shaquille O'Neal from LSU a little bit of love. The fact that he was the first dominant big man in college. Like, you had your Christian Leitners. You had your, um, who else? Wilt Chamberlain's, I think, back in the day. But no one was a do- as dominant mm. in college to the NBA and, like, sustained it for that level of success like Shaquille O'Neal did. And I think that he he's definitely on that list as far as, like, one of the greatest players of all time in college basketball for sure. Yeah, there's no. I mean, he even uh, in the NBA. I mean, they still talk about it today. He, oh yeah, he is one of those. Like you hear a lot about Steph Curry revolutionizing basketball with his shooting. Mm-hmm. Well, Shaq revolutionized basketball with his post play. Nobody could stop him. They invented a term, hack a Shaq, for him. Yeah, it, and, and people yeah, people laugh at it and remember it as like, well, they hacked him because he couldn't shoot free throws. Mm-hmm. But it's like. They hacked him because he wasn't good at free throws, but also because they couldn't stop they him. They couldn't do anything. Yeah. In the mm-hmm. post, he posted up, and he yeah. would just – he did that sweet elbow it's like mm-hmm. hook. Like it, was, it was nasty. Oh, like yeah. no, one, no one had a defense for it, basically, is what we're saying. All right. Well, so then I guess maybe I'm, I'm going to jump back to a tradition here. Okay. This is one that hit me um, just this past season, but the jump around at Wisconsin <sighs> – uh, in Madison, it started in uh, 1998, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously jump around from House of Pain was a 1990s hip hop hit. But Mrs. But, Doubtfire. But, yeah, yeah, was, <laughs> but for me, it was that that first season in 2020 where the Big Ten had cut their season in half. They were yeah. going to cancel. Then they came back. One of their first games back, it was at Wisconsin, and I was watching this live on TV and seeing, you know. I the mean, 60,000 people in the stands jumping around. It, it kind of signaled to me like, hey, we can get beyond the COVID stuff and we are moving forward. Yeah. That's what we do as Americans. Powerful. And Powerful. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a sweet tradition for sure that like whoever came up with it. Um, I'm going to give you another musical one, that tradition actually, that started okay. because of the cold. We're going back to Virginia Tech in 2000. Um, they actually played uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica. And the only reason why is because of the game. Everybody was so – it was like such a cold-weather game that they didn't have anything. So they said, keep up and jump with the beat on the on the Jumbotron they had. Mm-hmm. And they just had like – they had like a little jumping thing. And it was Enter Sandman. Every time like the beat hit, they all jumped. So <laughs> And it became a tradition that they're still doing to this day. That is um, a fun Enter tradition. Enter Sandman is awesome. So, yeah. It's – 
I just like music and games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it gets awesome. you hyped up. It gets the players hyped Agreed. up. Agreed. It's you know, and and we are in the. Uh, you know, we are in the best era possible for how they broadcast games. Oh yeah, I mean, you can it's get it on incredible. your phone. It's, just, it's incredible. Just sitting there watching everything. I mean, it's it's yeah, you're right. It's incredible. How about in the state of North Carolina, one of my top players, Julius Peppers. Oh man, 1999 to 2001, he won the 01 Bidneric. Okay. 30 and a half sacks in his career, which is top 25 all time, and he mm-hmm. only played three seasons. And uh, you reminded me, I mean, this dude was a stud in basketball as well. Mm. He two-sport athlete. Uh, most people say he certainly could have played in the NBA, chose to go into the NFL, obviously had an incredible career. Yeah, he, he kind of turned the tide for edge. what you look for in a prototypical edge rusher. Like, he wasn't your – he could stand up. He wasn't your hand in the dirt all the time defensive end, right? Like, mm. when you think of Julius Peppers, you think of, like, old school, like even Bill Romanowski type player. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what do you categorize this guy? Is he an outside linebacker? No, he's a pure edge rusher, and he set the tone for a lot of players like Von Miller even. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so – Oh yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like when you change a position and you now that they typically scout you, how close to this guy are you? Mm-hmm. That's when you know you're, you you've made it. Like, well, and <laughs> and but and also teams had to respond by finding more athletic tackles. tackles. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, up to kind of that point, it was like you just take the biggest, fattest guys and put them on the O line. And yeah, it's all about power. But Jay Pep would just go right around them. And, yeah, even and it. His first step, I think, he invented the term. His how fast is his first step? His yeah. first step was lethal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a great choice. I'm gonna go basketball again, and I'm gonna say Michael Jordan. Obviously, uh, North Carolina standout. Uh, kid got cut in high school, I believe. Never got cut again. Can you imagine being the coach that like is known for cutting Michael Jordan? Like, I mean, okay, I get it. he wasn't very good, right? That's why he got cut. But his work ethic, and I think that. Before Kobe Bryant, there was the Mamba mentality of like that Kobe Bryant had. Michael Jordan had this amazing, insane work ethic to where he wasn't going to let anybody beat him at anything. Mm-hmm. Like he still there's a there's a new video out, like not new, but there's a video of him like challenging Magic Johnson to a golf tournament. Mm-hmm. Like still, like he's he he still thinks he's the greatest at every sport of all time, and I love it. Um, well, but yeah, a, Michael Jordan. That's a, yeah, I mean a tremendous player at North Carolina. Obviously mm-hmm. won. One, if not two, national championships under mm-hmm. Dean Smith there. But I, that brings up an interesting conversation that we've had, I think, a little bit in the past. But it's like, in order to be the greatest, you almost you almost have to have some level of narcissism, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Because like, he, in his um, NBA Hall of Fame, um, when he was awarded Hall of Fame uh, accolades, for basketball, yeah. in his acceptance speech, he mentioned his high school coach. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, he held on to that and, and <laughs> used that as motivation for 30 years. That's nuts. So, I don't know. I, but And then you got guys like Tom Brady. Does does the same thing. He's like, oh, he's like these seven so quarterbacks were drafted ahead of me. It's like, bro, you've won six Super Bowls. Like, we got it. You're, you're the go. It's <laughs> you're okay. The greatest of all time, yeah. But anyways. Sure. Hey, how about sticking with basketball? How about one Chauncey Billups? Chauncey Billups played guard for the University of Colorado back in the late 90s and and really uh, progressed the Colorado program. Uh, He had the Buffs in the NCAA tournament two of the three years he was playing for the Buffs. And then obviously... His went NBA on to career. an incredible oh. career in the he, NBA. He's the reason why Detroit won a title, like mm-hmm. flat out. I mean, you had yeah, you had the Hamiltons, you had Rip and Ben Wallace, you had Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace. You, I mean, you had a pretty good core around him, but like Chauncey Billups is one of the greatest leaders, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. 
of any, and I, it makes it matter, but it's like, well, Chris Paul is a great leader. No, Chris Paul learned how to be a leader from Chauncey Billups style play. Because yeah. like Chauncey Billups was able to keep so many egos around him in check. Like when he came to Denver, you had Kenny Martin, Allen Iverson, Carmel Anthony on the same team. Mm-hmm. Talk about ego. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and he was able to get, I mean, and that was the first year that Denver, I know, got out of the second round. Like, because they kept getting bounced in the first and second rounds. And everybody was like, who, yeah. why? It's because of Chauncey Billups' leadership that he was able to do this. Um, and by the way, that's recognized. Mm-hmm. His leadership is not just a, a theoretical concept. No. He's the head coach for the Portland Trailblazers right now. Mm. Like, they would not hire him if they thought he was – do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's a validation of what oh, you're great. saying. Oh, Yeah, leadership, leadership is – are you a leader of men? And mm-hmm. that's one of the – that's like that's an old football term. It's like uh, how – that's it's gonna hurt you to say it. Mel Tucker. That's what one of the reasons what got him to see you job is. Everybody was like, he's a leader of men. Yeah. He, he's that's a big NFL team. How can this like Vance Joseph was a leader of men, but he wasn't very good at it, as we find out. But like, it can you manage not just the the everybody knows the schemes, everybody knows the plays, everybody knows the you know a layup, a three point, like stuff like that in in NBA terms. Can you manage all these different? iconic players that have already reached the pro level. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and I, Chauncey Belps is one of the few that I think can. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm going to go to a tradition that not a lot of people talk about university of Washington. They actually called boat gating and it's they during home games for actually the weekend of up in university of Washington, Lake Washington, those where all these boats get together. And it's basically just like if a massive, think of, Lake McConaughey and spring break. It's just like that every weekend though. Like it, even in the cold weather, mm-hmm. they'll still tail, they'll still boat gate um, for home games. And I don't know. I don't see when it started, but just people just started boating. And the cool thing is the stadium overlooks the lake. So you just see all these boats, like just <laughs> randomly just chilling there. That's a tradition that they, they call boat gating down in the university of Washington. And I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what about you? What do you yeah, got? We, we got, we got some, uh, we got some traditions in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, hopefully the tradition of winning here soon. No, well, we'll Jesus. see. We will see. Um, how about a player from college football, Arizona okay. State? A lot of people forget he was such an incredible college football player because he's been so successful in the pros. Mm-hmm. Terrell Suggs, T-Swizzle. Wow. Won the 2002 Bronco Nagurski Award. Still holds the all-time se- single-season sack record. He had 24 sacks in one season at Arizona State. That's crazy. That's crazy. I was going to say, uh, to piggyback off that, that people don't really – Pat Tillman. Arizona oh, State. yeah. Um, you know, I, he was actually a really good player. And then, you know, obviously everybody knows about Pat Tillman and, you know, what he did and his sacrifice for the country, which is awesome. But, yeah, like I think he's in the hall of, the College Hall of Fame as well. Well-deserved. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not just like a, because he did this. No, he oh, was actually yeah. a really good player. He was a ball He was going to be a first-round pick. Oh, yeah. Like – so yeah, Pat Tillman to piggyback off that. Um, Let me one more thing too. Yeah, I'm just thinking of this in real time too. You also had Vontez Burfict from Arizona State. Arizona State's kind of produced got, a lot of good players. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of a sneaky team that you don't realize has produced some right. really good defensive players. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so to go to and I'm trying to figure out like real quick. Um, I want to go to baseball, and I know that not a lot of people like recognize baseball players as athletes, which I don't think is. I think hitting a fastball is one of the hardest things it's forced to do. Troy Tulowitzki from Long Beach State, the they call him the Dirtbags. Um, is <laughs> he changed before Alex Rodriguez? It was Troy Tulowitzki. So like, well, actually, sorry, it was Alex Rodriguez, and then before, after Alex Rodriguez, it was Troy Tulowitzki. As far as changing the position at shortstop, because you had these 
defensive specialist is what you would call a shortstop. Like these little little dinky guys, like Walt Weiss types, that would you know be really thin, that weren't known for hitting for power, hitting. They would hit for contact. They would get on base every now and again, but their main focus was defense. Troy Tulowitzki was voted as the you know at the time one of the best two-way shortstops in the game, meaning defensive and offense. He won a Gold Glove. He won a bunch of Silver Sluggers with the Rockies. Like um, Troy Tulowitzki, yeah, for sure. Like the in college though, like I said, he was that big framed not typically a lot of people were like can you play catcher and he's mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna play catcher like i'm not gonna move seattle was supposed to draft him they never did the rockies jumped on him i think at like seven or 13 i can't remember which number but yeah well and he was yeah. phenomenal for the rockies oh yeah agreed and then the rockies <coughs> let him go you know that's... well the injury history was there too but still it wasn't because of his you know his big bodied frame no. was, i mean but he in 2007 i mean he should have won rookie of the year he really should have christian yeah, no, no. did i uh, know i'm saying but... let him go in that I think he went to St. Louis. They just paid him more money. The Rockies oh, yeah. pay no, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they weren't going to pay. I mean, the, the, yeah, you're right. They, were, they weren't going to give him what they were going to offer him. But, yeah, he, as far as changing the shortstop position, now everybody's like, we need these we need these guys that can hit for power. Like, we need mm-hmm. these guys that are going to hit, you know, swing like, you know, 45, 50 home runs a season. And it's like they're not going to find too many shortstops that can do that. Well, and he's so, great yeah. in the field, too. Mm-hmm. How about an athlete from another – uh, kind of obscure sport, but more recently, Gable Steveson, the heavyweight wrestler from the University of Minnesota, he only lost two matches in his entire wrestling career, two NCAA titles, mm. and two years ago, won an Olympic gold medal. Wow. So, I mean, we, we don't have professional wrestling in, in the same context as like we have professional football or basketball. So he has obviously now turned to wrestle in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Gable Steveson, named after the prolific and legendary wrestler Dan Gable. I wanted to give a little <laughs> shout-out to, to college wrestling. Okay, fine. If you're going to go wrestling, then I'm going to go The Rock from Miami. Okay. Like, it wasn't even sure. on my list at all. But The Rock, for those of you that don't know, this is back when they started the U. Um, back in the with Jimmy Johnson days, like you had Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then since then, Clinton Portis, Louis Gahey, like uh, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis sure. went oh, there, yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure. So – Big name dudes, and then The Rock. He was actually a really good player, but mm-hmm. he wasn't good enough to get on the field because back then they had everybody. Oh, I yeah. mean, you had even um, the, the Jeremy Shockey, the tight mm-hmm. end. So, like, yeah, The Rock. We'll just – fact, yeah, nobody really knows. He went to Miami, he played there. He actually had a couple snaps. I think he recorded one sack in his career, and then he – after that, he went on to a WWE career, an acting career, yeah. and now he's huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for that, like, 10 to 12-year stretch, Yeah, Miami was, was putting – so I mean, they would have a situation where you know their third string running back is is Clinton is a Heisman winner because like, or a because you've got Willis McGahey and then and then you've Frank got Gore. Frank Gore ahead mm-hmm. of him, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they were so freaking deep, and they were putting. 10, 11, 12 guys in the NFL every and, year. And it's funny, their quarterback was never, ever very good. No. Like, they always they had did. a really bad quarterback. Like, Van, I don't think, well, Van Dyke this year is getting Ken a Dorsey. Love, and I don't know why. You had Ken <laughs> Dorsey. Back in the first initial initial reboot under, yeah. under Howard Schnellenberger, you had Gino Toretta, who won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. But then after that, yeah, I mean, it's who. They've all yeah. been mediocre. It's, the, the, the recipe has been big tight ends, running, and spectacular defense. And now, yeah, and hopefully they'd – I still – I don't want to get on a tangent about Van Dyke. Everybody's got this guy hyped up as this next great – I don't think he's that good personally, but whatever. They're switching their gears and, you know, hopefully Miami can get back. But I want to do, do a tradition on Miami too. The smoke. The Miami smoke that the players come out of actually was so um, – it pissed off Penn State. Their coach, Paterno, mm-hmm. back in the day said – 
can't, we will not, we don't want Miami to do their smoke because it was played, the national championship was played in a neutral stadium and they didn't think. Mm. Miami still did it. Mm. They still did it to piss them off. So yeah, every, ever since, I think it was like the 1980s, they came out with the white smoke and they would, and just to hype the players up, the fans go mm. nuts. The players, obviously when you're running through smoke, you feel like a god. You know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, so the, the Miami tradition of running through the white smoke I thought was awesome. They do. ESPN did a spectacular job on both on of those. 30 for 30. 30 for 30s. Mm-hmm. The U, I mean, incredible. And you realize these are tremendous athletes, but they're they're also kind of a-holes. Like, yeah. they're just, they know they're good. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're cocky. But you know what? They backed they, it up on the they field. They deserved it. Yeah. But they, and they did have, I mean, there was a lot of speculation where they had, like, you know, the, the hit pot or whatever. Like, you, you put, what, like, whoever has the biggest hit oh, yeah. gets mm-hmm. money. Or, so this is back when everybody, this is proof that they paid players. Like, we know oh, that yeah. they paid players. No question about Miami it. Miami wasn't a secret about it. Then. Mm-hmm. They were like, nah. Anyway, what do you got? Man? No question about it. I'm going to jump back to players real quick. <laughs> okay. How about Luke Keekley? <sighs> From 2009 to 2011, did you have one on there? Uh, no, no, I just I love Luke Keekley. All right, let me just run through these accolades <laughs> real quick, and then you tell me because I think you know more about. I don't but know about him at Carolina. Boston College linebacker mm-hmm. still holds the career all-time record for 532 uh, tackles in just three seasons. Mm-hmm. Every season he played, he had over 150 tackles. So good. In 2011, he collected 191 tackles, three sacks, three interceptions, two forced fumbles, won the Bronco Nagurski Award. Now check this out he still to this day holds the top two single season tackles records and three of the top 17 of all time uh, it's, it's he's the best things. to ever do it, it yeah uh i mean since dick buckus for sure i yeah, think yeah, yeah like i mean point. arguably like since dick buckus yeah and in, in the modern he's, college he's, i would say he's yeah. the modern generation mm-hmm. of dick buckus yeah. the fact they that played fewer games he, back then than and they, he he came to the nfl and he dominated mm. like he mm. was day one this is your defense and there's a bunch of videos it's like no wonder luke keekley retired early because he like had to avoid going um insane but yeah. there's a bunch of times where he's putting guy like dragging them to the right oh, yeah. spot and it's insane how how just his iq and his yeah. level oh he was um, yeah 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 he wasn't. He wasn't maybe the biggest, maybe not the most talented. But he but was sideline to sideline. Yeah, he he, was, he analyzed what was happening mm-hmm. like very much kind of like a, a Drew Brees did at quarterback, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. To overcome your physical limitations mm-hmm. by just being able to analyze and know what's going on. It's like one of those things. I think it was he. His talent was peaked, but his hard work never did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, he yeah. outworked very very talented players for sure. Um, I can't speak enough about Luke Keekley. I thought Luke Keekley, uh, it's it's unfortunately retired, but I'm very proud of him for retiring early. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Understanding that he was sure. going to have a lot of medical issues at the, at the end. You know, it's just he's done it all. He really has. I hope he comes back as linebacker coach because imagine being a linebacker oh, learning I think he'd from. He'd be a great coach. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but yeah. So with Luke Keekley, you're talking about. I'm going to go to one of the greatest Olympians of all time, Michael Phelps, uh, from Michigan. Yeah. One of the greatest. Uh, uh, can I just say he's the greatest Olympian of all time? Like he's Smoke got weed every day. <laughs> okay, Larry, Jeremy Tunsil over here. No, uh, Michael Phelps, I think is without a doubt. Yeah. Everybody would agree. Greatest, the greatest Olympian of all time yeah. came from, unfortunately, Olympian, yeah. you know, it sucks that he went from Michigan, but that's okay. You know what I mean? Couldn't gone to a better school, whatever. No, I'm kidding. The fact that Michael Phelps is, is not really getting any love for a college athlete, I think, but at the same time, he was, he went to the University of Michigan. I don't think he actually technically ever swam for him. I think he swam for Towson. I don't think he swam for, for Michigan. But he did go to Michigan. So he's in the college spectrum. That's why I'm including him. And if not, he can be an honorable mention because I have two honorable mentions that I'm going to list after this. 
28. Cool. 28 medals? 28, 28 Olympic medals, medals for yeah, Michael Phelps. Found out greatest of all time. <laughs> like, yeah. And I remember his first Olympics, he was like, I think he was like 19 or 20. That was and 2000 it, in yeah, Australia. Yeah, he, he took like eighth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, who's this guy? Well, he's a 19-year-old kid competing against the best in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Michael Phelps, huge shout-out to you, big guy. Yeah. I got a big under-the-radar rivalry that okay. you're – I want. I'm, we're going to get in real time your reaction to this because I didn't know a bunch of this. We knew it was a rivalry, Colorado State-Wyoming. Yeah. But let me read you this snippet storyline here. They hate okay? each other. Okay. Hate each other. This football rivalry between the two schools dates back to Thanksgiving Day, November 30th, 1899. Wow. The first ever matchup between the two schools was their first game of Colorado Agricultural, known as now as Colorado State, yeah. ever played outside the state of Colorado. Anyways, in the game, a disagreement between the officials that the two schools brought in uh, created a controversial ending to the game. At the time, the schools would provide their own officials for the game. Uh, the game concluded with Wyoming in a forfeit uh, being called over Colorado agricultural official Edward House, who ruled that Wyoming wow. official E.D. MacArthur and the Wyoming team were refusing to abide by the rule book. After the forfeit was called, the Colorado agricultural players began leaving the field. The official MacArthur reportedly explained, exclaimed to Wyoming that he did not give a damn for the rule <laughs> and instructed the Wyoming team to run in for a touchdown. This action reportedly set off a brawl between the two teams. That is a story wow. history right there. No, well, I mean, I, I'm sure that today's players, they might get told that, yeah. but they probably don't know about that. That's, that is awesome. All you hear is the border war this, the border yeah. war that, and like you just, you just know that those teams – in every single sport, flat out hate each other. <laughs> and I now that that's a great that's story. Why, can I just do a that's sidebar amazing. here? Yeah. Colorado joins the Pac twelve and the Pac twelve tries and so does Colorado and mm-hmm. whatever to some extent Utah. They try and create this artificial rivalry between Colorado and Utah. That's not what makes rivalries. No. This is what creates rivalries. Yeah. Colorado will always have a rivalry with Nebraska for reasons exactly like this. Mm. And we'll, and we, that's because they put their name on the trophy, right? Like that's a big deal, like a big thing to do with it. Nebraska put their name on the trophy as winning it before they well, play yeah, Colorado. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's a number of things. Yeah. Like in in uh, in 1991, when Colorado won the national championship, yeah. they actually ended up having to have a share because the coaches <laughs> the coaches poll yeah. by one Had vote. One picked Georgia Tech as the national champion. Every team, every coach in the Big tw- Big 8 at the time yeah. voted for Colorado except for Tom Osborne in Nebraska. Oh. Voted for Georgia Tech. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole number of things. That's hilarious. Obviously, you know, so, I mean, we could do another episode where we can get into all Just of the crap. Just talk about rivalries. Crap, <laughs> I love rivalries, I'm down. But, I'm down to do but it. That, but that's, see, that's a storied rivalry. Yeah. Colorado, Utah, I mean, no. maybe one day, but it's like you can't artificially create Just this Just because stuff. states touch each other doesn't mean that, and I, that sounds so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but like, just because, okay, just because they're bordering each other doesn't mean mm. that they have to be rivals. For sure. I mean, like, Kansas-Colorado isn't a rivalry. Colorado-New like, Mexico. Yeah, Colorado-New Mexico. No, nobody yeah. considers New Mexico a rival at all. That's mm. my point. Like, Well, New Mexico State. Uh, okay, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. I guess. And aren't they UNLV rivals, too? Them and, them and UNLV? Uh, yeah, not that it, I mean, basketball, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Okay, either way, the point is... Like, the, the CSU-Wyoming border war is, like, legit yeah. hate. Like, mm-hmm. um, just like, I think I think Air Force and SEA are slowly becoming rivals. It is. I really do. Like, because of, the, because of the last two years. I mean, if you think about yeah. it, those, like, if you're a CU, you, wanna, you have to beat them this year. Yeah, like, you don't, you don't want to play them. No. Because it's <laughs> a no-win. You're not going to get credit if you beat them. And if you lose, it's, just, it's yeah. just more fuel yeah. for the fire. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. That's what we're saying. It's like, traditions like that can start. Colorado. 
but you can't force them to happen. Um, and, you know, kudos to Utah for doing that stuff. But there's another tradition that I want to talk about, speaking of. Actually, it's a lot of people do know this. I'm not really a Notre Dame fan, but I think what they do with their helmets is really cool. They paint their helmets after every single game. Uh, they repaint them so that they're finally bought. That's why they look so golden. You're like, eh, they haven't hit anybody. No, they hit people. Trust me, they hit people. Um, but they, they actually use gold flakes in the paint for all that's why they're so they, yeah. it's pure gold that they're wearing like it's i think that's really cool oh notre personally. dame is no i would say maybe more than, than any other school notre dame has more miss you know win one for the gipper and the golden domers they have the mm-hmm. sign play the like golden, a champion or today. the touchdown jesus touchdown jesus yeah. first down moses <laughs> yes. also you have manti teo's imaginary girlfriend yeah, i mean that... just so many traditions <laughs> at notre Yo, dame i love i love using that <laughs> still to this day if somebody trips i'm like oh there's manti teo's girlfriend <laughs> right there <laughs> it's it's beautiful but yeah it's it's so easy to pick on another day because of the tradition and the legacy that they have but at the same time just take it take it be proud if you're Notre Dame fan you know what they hate you because they ain't you just say that mm-hmm. um what do you got man what do you, got? I, I, you gotta go Herschel Walker oh, yeah, you're George's next, dog yeah, I'm, saying, I'm gonna allow you to, to I'm not go, trying to be biased <laughs> uh, over over 1600 yards and 15 touchdowns in all three seasons he played at Georgia so, I mean, starting as a freshman, he's going 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns. Uh, as a freshman, he led the Dogs to their first ever national, national championship. Title. Yeah. And then, and then, obviously, he won the Heisman in his junior year, 1,752 yards, 16 touchdowns that year. Oh, so good. Yeah, he his first run, I think, was or his, yeah against Tennessee, and he, he ran over two dudes to score. And at that point, you're like, all right, this guy's going to be really good. He's a man-child. We obviously weren't born when he was playing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, But I will list another player that I think is really, really cool, Bo Jackson from Auburn. Uh, One of probably the second greatest SEC running back next to Herschel Walker. And that's debatable, right? Like, I I got into an argument with somebody who's an Arkansas fan who said Darren McFadden had a better college career than Bo Jackson. I was like, just because he has better stats doesn't mean that he was a better college overall career. You're comparing apples to oranges Mm -hmm. when it comes to the generation and stuff like that. Everybody knows Bo knows. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows. And Bo was a professional baseball player, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, he did – Two sports at the highest level, mm-hmm. and he was the highest you can achieve. Mm-hmm. He was basically like an MVP for both of those sports. I think he won the MVP for the for the NFL at one point. I don't know. Maybe yeah, he did maybe did. the NFL. For the Raiders? I, you know what I know he did win, though. Uh, just the rushing doc, title. Documentary I watched a while ago. No, no, it's something you wouldn't think of. He won the MVP of the baseball all-star game. Okay. I think maybe the, right, first or second right year there, he played you're, in the you're MLB. number one overall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, so Bo, Bo Jackson um, – Definitely, definitely hats off to you as being one of, if not the, I mean, I'm not going to say you're because I'm a Georgia fan, but you're 1A, 1B, Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson. Like, Darren, and Darren McFadden was fantastic. Was good. Tremendous. You know the but honor. But he's nothing compared to those guys. Uh, I don't know if he's too far behind them. But you know the honor that he is privileged to hold that is so, so terribly sad. It yanks at my heartstrings. He's the only player ever. Two years in a row, back to back, second place in the Heisman. Oh Bowl. yeah, yeah. I mean, he he should have won it. Lost out sure. to Troy Smith at Ohio State yeah. in 07, I 07. believe, and then lost out to Tim Tebow as and a sophomore in 08. Yeah, well, t- Tebow is on the yeah. Tebow is always going to win the Heisman that year, but mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought for sure he was going to win it in 07. I really did. Um, deep, he's a good player, but like we're talking like legends of the mm. game and i don't think d mac is even up there with legends like he's iconic but when i think of like bo nix or sorry not bo nix no, 
God, gross. When I think of Bo Jackson, that organs on my mind. No, yeah. <laughs> when I think of Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker, I think just too iconic. I think of like Fran Tarkenton. I think of um, Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside. Players like that yeah. that changed the game forever. Yeah. Derek Jeter, even who went to Michigan. Fun fact. Bo, and, and another justification for your Bo Jackson commentary, the two seasons prior to Bo Jackson getting mm-hmm. there, I mean, for like a decade, 15 years prior, they lost to Alabama every year. <laughs> okay, the two seasons prior to Bo Jackson getting to Auburn, mm-hmm. they went 5-6 and six each of those years. That's crazy. In his second year at Auburn, they went 11-1, and one, and then they won the, let's see, what was it? They won the Sugar Bowl. I mean... And who was their quarterback? The fact we don't remember who their quarterback was means he was driving the ship. Yeah. He did all of that, he basically. He was the team. Yeah. He was the right. entire team. Go on. Um, so, yeah, if you want to just do like like six or six or seven more. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, how about let's jump back to a tradition. Okay. And let's do dotting the I for the script Ohio in yes. Ohio State. Oh, so pretty. So fun. It's, I learned about this. And it's actually. not just at Ohio State, but you, I think it's awesome to see the um, like the big tuba players when they're high-stepping. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Those guys do so but much work. A couple of names that have dotted the I. This is a very big honor for <laughs> for really people all over the place, but mostly Ohio people. Yeah. But you got Woody Hayes, Bob Hope, Jack Nicholas dotted the I. Mm-hmm. For, for those of you that, for for the people that don't know, you want to explain? Yeah. So what, what I learned is that it was actually the the invention of it was because Ohio State band ended a little too soon. So their sousaphone player at the time was the dot, and he did a kick and a spin and then a bow to end it, and that's the tradition that has carried on since since then Mm -hmm. so that's why dotting the i is such a special tradition or a special privilege for any any iconic figure iconic celebrity uh saxophone player anybody that gets named um i found this out anybody that gets named on band scholarship that like after working you know there was a walk-on that got their scholarship Mm -hmm. they get to dot the i um so that's really cool too so like yeah it and that's what how it started for those of you that don't know um i'm gonna go with a basketball player and I'm going to say it's Shane Battier. So a lot of people don't like him because he went to Duke, and I get that. But at the same time, like, he, he's not that he, – you don't hate him. Like, I, I don't I don't think that there's anybody like – you hate a lot of Duke players, but Shane Battier wasn't one of those guys you're like, I hate this guy, I yeah. can't stand him. No, I thought he was phenomenal from 98 to 2001. Um, ch- he didn't change Duke because Duke was always known for basketball. But he anytime you stand out at Duke, mm-hmm. you know you're a really, really good player. So, yeah, um, I mean, he, he played very much. Let me see what you think about this. Played very much a similar style mm-hmm. to um, uh, Dave, uh, David, not David Robinson, uh, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan for the Spurs. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. very kind, a little more reserved, tall, not quite huge and imposing like mm-hmm. Shaq, but but fundamental and skilled. Very very fundamental. I think so. he's a tremendous player. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of basketball, how about I bring up for my childhood team, my Maryland Terps, Juan Dixon. Of You're the, a Maryland uh, childhood uh, fan, no way. I, oh yeah, okay. big time. Yeah, I think okay. I've got. I've probably got Juan Dixon up here on the board somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Um, That's awesome. Anyways, yeah, he led <laughs> Maryland to their first ACC championship in something like a decade. This is mm-hmm. going to be early 2000s. Then took them on a run in the NCAA tournament, one of the greatest we've seen, uh, and marched Maryland into the national championship game, where they then won. And I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous player. He was a great shooter. That team was really pretty stacked. You had Steve Blake. Uh, you had um, Carlos Boozer. Had, or not Carlos Boozer. Um, uh, Lonnie 
Lonnie uh, Wilcox. He had a, a number of guys that were went on to be pros. But, yeah, but Juan Dixon was the primetime player was on that he? team. That's awesome. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one more player and one more tradition, and I think the player that I can't I can't leave off you know any list ever, um, especially on the first episode of this part one series is Magic Johnson. Yeah. Um, the fact that he was able so dominant at Michigan State, so dominant in a Laker uniform. They did a – they have a document. It's not a document. It's a show now. I think it's like Laker time or whatever. Yeah. It's on HBO. Prime time. It's about him, basically. Like, it's yeah. about them realizing, hey, we need to get this guy. And he changed the face of the Lakers. You know what I mean? He, he, he was just dominant mm-hmm. in Michigan from 78 to 79. He only played two years. Yeah, but took Michigan State to that uh, to that championship game they played against Indiana State. Larry Legend, Larry Larry Bird Larry was, Bird. was yep. the had lead player for Indiana mm-hmm. State at the time. Those are two unquestionably two of the best college basketball yeah. players of all time. Right. Uh, you mind if I jump in? I'll jump in with one, with one more here, um, and that is uh, not Tim Duncan. Oh, Manu Ginobili? No, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, Nowitzki. Uh, are you thinking Spurs? Yes. Yeah, oh, uh, I mean, the, the only ones that I know are Tim Duncan, Robinson. David Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. David Robinson. I found this out as I was doing some of the March Madness stuff I was doing earlier. David Robinson still to this day holds the record for most rebounds in an NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament history. He played at Navy, by the way. Wow. A lot of people don't understand that he, like, actually had a Navy career in the reserves <laughs> while he was playing in the NBA. That's amazing. David Robinson, a tremendous athlete, still to this day, holds that record. Um, you know, I mean, just an outstanding individual talent. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. I think this is a good tradition to end on. Um, so it's the original homecoming, which Missouri had. And I did a little bit of research, found out that in 1911, the athletic director had the idea to invite all the school's alumni to the at the time the biggest rivalry of the of the year which was kansas missouri game and it's still a big rivalry to this day but he invited all the uh, former students uh former players and that's what started homecoming Mm -hmm. it was literally called hey you're coming back home homecoming come on down um and missouri started that and it's a tradition that's high schools middle schools Mm -hmm. now any school you can think of have a homecoming game because of, you know, what the athletic director did in 1911, which I thought was really cool and really special. Um, but, yeah, that was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. I'm excited for the the next part, which is – and I'm trying to load this up real quick because I'm always a little slow. Oh, yeah. It. But here we go. I'm very excited. I'm glad that you guys got a chance to see how we kind of do things, too. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of give and take, which we, we enjoy. Mm. Um, but this has been a Right on Cue and a Fan Section podcast episode. Thank you so much. Next episode is going to be part two of our top 50 all-time. Thank you so much.